0: Hey, Tim. How's
1: it going? Hey, David. It's going fantastic, man. I, uh, yeah, I'm flourishing. I've got a good government job. I'm out there on the front lines. People are cheering me on. It's like at the same, you know, it's weird because, um, we we get all these offers for like free food and vouchers and cheer on the frontline workers. It's never been slower for me at work. I've never had more sleep and more rest. Like last tour, I didn't do one ambulance call the whole tour, a four day tour. You know, I, am I'm currently stationed at a slower station, but it, this is the first time in my career where I've gone a whole tour, I think without having one ambulance call it's because just no one's doing anything. It's surreal. It's eerie, right. And people aren't doing anything. Also they, they um, you know, a lot of the calls we go on, a good chunk of them aren't really emergencies. You know, it, it's not uncommon for us to go on a call to a person who just wants, thinks that if they come into the emerge department by ambulance, they'll get seen faster and get their prescription faster. Right. Yeah. And, I've heard uh, that. It's, yeah. It's an abuse of the system, obviously, but now it's like even guys who have snorted fentanyl and Coke and meth are are trying to ward me away. Like they don't want my help. They're more scared of getting coronavirus from me than they are. So it it is. Yeah. It's, it's surreal. And so, you know, I, I posted the other day on Facebook, look, I appreciate the, the gratitude and, and the thoughts of free food and the, the cheering and encouragement, you know, but you know what, I don't need any of that stuff. Like save it for someone who needs it, save it for someone who has been deemed non-essential, uh, right. someone who doesn't have work right now. There are people out there suffering um, severely right now and there i i think it just adds insult to injury to call them non essential or to to right. delineate there here's the essentials here's the non essentials all those jobs are essential to someone uh and 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 they're essential to making our life rich and worth living as well like yeah. you know, my life is isn't as worth living if i can't go to the movie theater or go out on a date with my wife or you know do all the th- go to the mountain parks and enjoy nature or, right or, and, and there are there are employees at these places that bring me all sorts of value and enrich our lives to, to be able to do that like these are the people that need free food right now if you're going to donate some food donate it to them if you're going to give some cheers and encouragement to someone give it to those people i love my job i'm i'm i can't wait for this pandemic to really kick in for me because i i feel like i'm seal team 6 i've been training my whole life to wade into chaos and confront it nothing makes me happier nothing brings my life more meaning and confronting chaos and especially risky chaos that might kill me. That's why I run into burning buildings. I'm getting ready to really love my job. You don't need to encourage me. I'm looking forward to going to work and confront this, encourage the people that are stuck in their homes that are under house arrest. Like my friend here, David Birnbaum.
0: Well, by, by the time this airs, I'll be free. I'll be free um, and to, to robe and cough anywhere I so choose. Hey, but, uh, good. But it, no, I think it's an important point about this essential, non-essential. And I mentioned to you when I was at the airport, like the the big brother telling me on the, uh, you know, on the PA system, like this is what a good citizen does, right? And I I've seen this graphic being shared on Facebook. It's like twenty little like um, little like figures of like the essential jobs, and it's like thank God for these people. These are the people we care about, and it's like if if especially if you don't right. think highly of yourself generally and you're not on that list it makes you feel really bad you're, you've lost your job people yeah. are telling you you're in unimportant and honest un, un, unessential and i think no these people are really essential but people don't have a framework of life should be worth living life should be enjoyable right that's just not the mindset at all um and right. even i mean you know it comes to mind jordan peterson the way he sold people it's like life's miserable but be worthy of withstanding it and so like you know jordan peterson bro that's the life he can live right now right, oh right. i if i sit in ho at home i'm you know putting my life in order right that's right. what i need to do to weather the storm but people don't aim at actually enjoying their life and flourishing
1: yeah and you know the thing is like people cheering healthcare workers on like they're essential but guess what Uh, we can't really help people that have this virus. I mean, we can give them a bit of oxygen. uh, You know, maybe we can put them on a ventilator, but your chances of dying are 80% if you get on the ventilator. Um, You know, we we don't have any, there's no cure for this. So we can maybe help you manage your symptoms, but ultimately your body's going to do the work. It's going to kill the virus, right? And it does so in like 99% of the cases. That's exactly what happens without any help from healthcare at all. So how are we essential like you know when when we're not really saving lives here like it's unclear whether we're saving any lives maybe we're saving a few um but you know uh, it's hard for me to you know i I, anyways like we're being made like we're essential like we're food workers or garbage truck drivers or something i mean those people to me are more essential truck drivers um (laughs) those are the people that are holding society together Uh, you know, we, if we get lucky, we might save a few lives in this, but the majority of the people are going to, going to get better, whether we're helping them or not. And even the, even the most sick people, it's hard to know whether they got better because of some healthcare intervention that was done, or if they would have just got better, even without that healthcare intervention, because we're just treating symptoms. We're making them feel better. We're helping them breathe a little bit. Yeah, that's helpful. That's great that we're doing that. But, um, you know, it, it's hard to make a case that we're more essential than than most other jobs.
0: Yeah, so I want to actually put a pause in what I had wanted to talk about. And I want to talk about this a bit more is like, you know, I've never really thought of categorizing who's essential and who's non-essential. And I also think it's really interesting how fervently people want to, let's call it virtue signal about their support for the essential workers. Because you know, I think, again, this is me just kind of talking out of my butt a little bit, but it wouldn't surprise me that many of the people who like to virtue signal about how important these workers are, are people who would thoroughly underappreciate or not appreciate them regularly. Like I'm someone who is very nice to the grocery store cashiers always. And who, like, I'm a very right. nice person generally. Um And I appreciate them because they're, People, right? Um, but right. it seems like now, yeah, it's it's like this need to celebrate them, which yeah, they're doing important work, but they they still held society together not during a pandemic, right? So I I, I understand the like the draw towards celebrating them, but I also think it's one really terrible to uh, to yeah separate society into classes it's really, there's three classes. There's the essential, there's the people who can celebrate the essential and don't care that they're non-essential because they're still getting paid. And then there's the actual people, again, the, the people who have lost their job, who are non-essential and who we don't talk about at all. And, oh, they'll just figure it out. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and it, it is, <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable when people thank me for my service or something like that. Like I'm doing some kind of self-sacrificial thing. Um, you know I've heard this from friends of mine who are in the military as well who are like get preferential seating on planes and get you know people bow down before them and say thank you for giving us our freedoms and they're like uh, I like they're like this is bullshit I've I've been over you know in the sandbox in the Middle East doing the bidding of the military industrial complex I've been helping enslave Americans not protect them Uh, how and now these people Can hear you, but I can't see. There you are. Now these people. All right. <laughs> well, Kate, okay, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay so yeah I was just saying that you know a lot of these guys feel uncomfortable getting thanked um you know and, and in the same way I kind of feel uncomfortable getting thanked that way too it's not like I you know I'm making it you know I don't know uh I've, it's even worse for me because in in Canada healthcare is is um provided you know my my salary comes from plunder right uh you know so i i feel like that diminishes any nobility my profession has the fact that i'm getting paid through plunder like the government is stealing other people's money and giving it to me and now i'm getting thanked for my service right uh, i don't know it feels w- weird to me i appreciate it i get the i get the sentiment and i i'm polite but it does make me feel uncomfortable
0: yeah well one i've thought i used to think very clearly on the same on the issue the same way you do but I also think service is used like the service industry, right? So service isn't only like being a servant, it's service that like we call it the service industry, right? Like my massage yeah. therapist, to give a bougie example, is, yeah. is a, providing me a service. Um, and so I but I don't think that's necessarily where their mindset comes from, but it's almost analogous so it's difficult like they assume you're providing a servant service and you're sacrificing yourself but really you're providing a service the same way many people provide services in the service industry you don't provide goods you provide a service um
1: but you see the difference is david i'm a public servant right so they're doing it for a profit motive whereas i guess i'm doing it just out of the goodness of my heart
0: Uh, right which is another thing right yeah and that's people and you know uh, so, the two part. so the article that I want to talk about in the next podcast from the Ayn Rand Institute talks about the unsung heroes of the pandemic. And the right. first half actually does talk about doctors and stuff. And there's this mind, there's this mentality they bring up that doctors are the forgotten heroes because they're just kind of used as fodder and they're not thought of as individual humans who have motives, who want to be doing what they're doing. They're just right. a commodity of the state. And I think that's the view often. And it's like, Oh, and people think, Oh, these doctors are so selfless. Thank God they're helping. It's like, no, but this is what they've trained their whole life for. This is what the same way you like going in and fighting fires. They, this, maybe they don't hope they like, they don't necessarily hope this happens, but this is what they've trained to do. This is what they like doing, what they've dedicated their life to doing. And then, but they're not treated as individuals with motives because they're yeah. so um, collectivized. Healthcare well, is collectivized. I'll, I'll you, they're just treated as cogs.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no critical care doctor out there that doesn't want to see a COVID case come into their thing, right? Like they that this is what they live for. I mean, they they just like I live for a big raging fire. Like, yeah, it sucks if someone's property's getting burnt and whatever. But I want the opportunity to confront this interesting problem and use my skills and use my training and be challenged and try to solve this problem. And in the same way, these critical care docs want to see these COVID cases because they're like, hmm, maybe I can crack this case. Maybe I can figure out uh, a better way of doing things. Maybe, uh, you know, I want to see this up close and personal and solve this problem. Uh, They can't wait to see that right right so, and it, people assume so they thank
0: you for getting sick is kind of my thing but. people assume they want to help because it's just the right thing to do and it's like no right these are very complex issues it would be really cool to be the guy right. who solves covid or whatever right like right, right. that is that would be such an enjoyable thing to experience and it's like yeah. and people don't understand that that's not the same as wanting people to get sick people right. get sick covid yeah. exists now right? Like, exactly. yeah. but people have this idea that to want to deal with the bad and enjoy dealing with the bad means you want the bad generally. It's like, right. no, bad exists and I yeah. want to confront it.
1: And, and, and people, you know, they, they give it like they, you know, the danger in this is that we, we look at it like we're sacrificing ourselves, that we buy into this narrative that the people around us that are giving us thank and go, Oh, thank you. You're so thankless or, you know you're going into this war zone and this virus and uh it must be so tough and you're making such a big sacrifice and your mental health must be suffering you, you kind of start to believe that rhetoric after a while yeah you like all the kudos if you like the kudos it places your your mental health in jeopardy and we've talked about this before when it comes to mental health here you know as soon as i start buying into this narrative that i'm making the sacrifice and i'm a victim I'm a willing victim, right. sacrificing myself, going into work. Then I I I become a victim because right. now every time I see s- someone get sick, oh, I just took a mental hit. I just I, I'm right. suffering from seeing all this suffering. Well, well I think uh, yeah. yeah. And so you're actually placing our, our our mental health in jeopardy to some extent to 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 convey this narrative. Um you know, I I again I love my job. I want to convey to my daughters that look, you you're signing up for a really tough job that is going to be really uh emotionally gratifying. They're both paramedics and and you know, the, the tougher the cases and the more chaos you're exposed to, the more mentally healthy and resilient and anti-fragile you'll become. You'll become a better version of yourself. And that's great. That's fantastic. I'm grateful for that opportunity. And other healthcare workers are too, unless they're buying into this narrative
0: that you know, we're all victims here. And so bringing it back to the essential workers more broadly, I think this applies to many of them as well, the grocery store workers. And like they are being called upon to be like, you know, I think it could give many people more of a purpose than the, what I would assume. And, you know, I, uh, I apologize to any grocery store workers who are offended that it's just like the drudgery of the job that many people feel, whereas now it's like mission control. Like there's a lot more going on. Right. There's a lot they have to do. It's a much more active job. And so I think it's important to recognize these changes, but also they, these are people are being paid. They do have this job because they want an income and these sorts of things. But we just assume um, that everyone would have this kind of uh, woe is the world. Woe is me mentality because it is pervasive. Um, But I don't think, I think it's important. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, and I hope that these uh, people that rarely get praise like grocery workers and truck drivers, um, you know, part of me is now pushing back against my own, (laughs) my own um, pushback here of, of giving thanks. I, I hope they understand how important their jobs really are not just now, but all the time. Right. But I hope, I hope it gives them a sense of meaning and purpose for their job that, that takes away some of that drudgery of, you know, I'm just going here, punching the clock, doing the same thing over and over again. Well, you know, what, your your job is super important to me and other people and um, I'm glad you're doing it and, and, you know, take some pride in the fact that you are providing immense value to other people. You know, I take pride in that too. Um, You know, I just don't, I, I, there's a specific danger in me trying, viewing myself as a victim or some sacrificial hero here because that's not good for my mental health, but I do know that I provide value to others and I'm always aware of that. I don't need to be told that, but I think these people, um, I hope they're aware of how much value they provide to the
0: rest of them. Well, and I think the key thing is what you said at the end is they have to always be aware of it or this isn't going to help them. Because if, right. if they don't know their value and, you know, trucker A and, and grocery store clerk B don't know their value, what's going to happen two months, five months, a year from now when no one cares about them again, right? Like that society is going to forget about these people very quickly. And if they let themselves be built up by what society is telling them, and then they just are forgotten again, it's that's really damaging to people as well, right? And I think that's what's happening. I think that... It's not going to be as bad, but it'll be similar to what the quote non essentials are going through right now, right? There's so many people who would have been getting customers who really valued them. And if they weren't, if they don't know their value generally, and that's then taken and now they're sitting at home, they don't have feedback from, you know, customers about their good qualities, that's really devastating to someone's mental health as well. And so I think it's analogous between the people who've been deemed non-essential right now, but also when let's say the essential workers come down from this high and everyone forgets about them again, which is inevitable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a danger too, in, in being elevated um, as people who are self-sacrificial, right? Yeah. And it's, I think you have to be careful. Like you can give people thanks for providing value, But as soon as you elevate them to this kind of hero status, there's a danger, and I'll tell you just from firefighting my experience of post 9/11, we were elevated to this like hero status of Mm -hmm. we are we are gods among men kind of thing, and we felt it every time we walked around and walked into a bar and people knew we were firefighters and you know there was an endless supply of uh, you know women uh, giving us attention and community members thanking us and uh, that goes that definitely feeds your ego in an unhealthy way. And Mm. now I see over and over again in my, in the the fire service, people trying to hang on to that and trying to find a new way to elevate themselves as heroes by letting people know all the dangers we face. Yeah. We're going into the heart of COVID or um, you know, Mm. we are, we're, um, we're at risk of all these carcinogens and, and uh, we're going to get cancer. This job's going to kill us. And uh, like this, image we have that we want to take on of this of this hero that is just bearing the weight of the world on our shoulders for the good of mankind and we want to portray that image to people and because it gets us laid or whatever right but it but it's not also not healthy for us mentally it breaks us down it it, we start to believe our own kool-aid after a while um i don't even know if that's a phrase i just made up but drink the
0: drink the kool-aid yeah yeah
1: we're drinking we're drinking our own kool-aid here and it's damaging to us because um you know we we lose sight of the fact that this job is the best job in the world that builds up our mental health that makes us better versions of ourselves that that um we are privileged to do i mean that to me is a healthy attitude to have that isn't likely as likely to uh you know uh, get you laid but it is more likely to make you mentally healthy I think,
0: and, and bringing that again back to bear on the current situation with these essential workers let's say right if you're someone who buys into a Christian morality of sa- self-sacrifice and stuff right it's impossible to practice but now you're being told like if you're a grocery store worker you don't feel great like you're self-sacrificing enough that you're giving yourself to people and now everyone's telling you oh no you are now Right. So it's like they, they weren't able to practice their morality properly for most of their life. And now everyone's telling them, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is um, no thank you. And they're getting the praise on top of that. So I think that exact thing um, in a different way is that play with these people as well, who are now being told, no, this is a self-sacrifice. Thank you. And then it's like they think, oh, this is what I need to do. And it, it becomes it, I think it's like a, it can be a downward spiral. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we joked before about you know all of the youngsters who will write college admissions essays about how they survived covid it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, you know the people who were thrown into these essential roles and and what what you know if there's any sort of noticeable trends among them once this all uh, once we're past the end times
1: yeah there's that and then there's also are going to be the, the flip side of that, which is all the non essential people, and how are they going to feel about themselves going forward? How are they feeling about themselves now? That's what worries me more than anything. Is yeah, uh, these people that you know, we've been, like I said, we've been separated into these two classes, and now you know, and, and who knows, like there's all sorts of other follow ups. Like, the, you know, I remember the best times in my life as a kid were the summertime where we were free to run and have adventures and do all these crazy things and work these jobs and get experience some of the best times in our life right and now we're having a whole generation of kids uh being prohibited from having those experiences you know my son is home from university and he would love to get out there and do some manual labor right now but no one's hiring
0: yeah and
1: he's stuck at home and he's like trying to find just scraps of stuff around the house to build something anything just to right just to, to do something busy he, he's anxious to provide value to the world and the world won't let him provide value to it and it's just Mm -hmm. a sin right now what we're doing to these kids what we're doing to people uh by telling them that they're not needed they just sit down on your couch no they are needed we need you we need all the 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 rich tapestry of life to be out there right now the things that make life worth living otherwise what what good is being in there's nothing essential about saving a life if all we're doing is saving a life to sit on a couch uh in perpetuity Yeah, I think
0: that's a good way to wrap it up. So thanks, Tim.
1: Thank you, David. Thank you for your service and shit. You're (laughs) welcome.